Hi, my name is Minda Hartz, and I'm your host of Secure the Seat, your weekly podcast that helps women of color secure their seat at the table. Welcome to season two. Can you believe it? I started Secure the Seat in April of this year, shortly after my birthday, and now I'm in season two. Uh, thank you for those who went back, listened to past episodes, left a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen to it. Please go and make sure that you do that. If you're enjoying the content, you're enjoying the speakers, and it's just feeding your soul, please go ahead and, and leave a review. That really helps because then that signals the powers that be in the podcast universe that this is an important podcast. And I think having spaces for us by us is very important, especially in the climate that we live in today. So we have to continue to amplify women of color in the workplace. And um, this is one tool that I use to do it. Another tool is the company that I run with my co-founder, Lauren, The Memo. You can go to myweeklymemo.com and find out what resources we have there. But season two, ooh, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about For the Culture. And my guest is Alex Wolf. And we have some really important conversations about branding and about social capital, all of these things that I think we're all trying to navigate as we secure our seat or as we hold our seat down. And I think they're important conversations to have with a critical lens. It doesn't mean that you're hating on somebody because they're doing it a certain way, but you have to also understand what lane is right for you. And the bandwagon effect is something that I bring up with in my conversation with Alex. And as you're securing the seat, I just want you to know that there are tools that you can take and blueprints that you can emulate of other people, but sometimes you have to just step out and you have to do it because each of our experiences are going to be different. You know, a lot of people reach out to me and ask me how I started the memo and what I did to launch the website and all these different things that we've done. And it started with just doing. I started the memo with just a weekly newsletter, a weekly memo every Monday. And that's something that we continuously do. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's something that you want to start or do, just do it and be consistent with it. And know that if everybody's starting a podcast or if everybody's doing this, it doesn't mean that you have to do that as well. But it could mean that too. But think about what securing the seat looks like for you. You don't have to do it just because everybody else is doing it. Do it because you want to solve a problem. And I think as we think about our purpose and we think about our impact, what problem are you solving? And how will that help others? And I think if we always look at things from that perspective, then it helps guide us and keep us on the right track. But hey, I haven't been talking in a couple of weeks, so you know I could <laughs> probably take on this whole episode. But I do um, love the fact that Secure the Seat is short and sweet. And so I want to introduce you to Alex Wolf. She's an author, a technologist, entrepreneur. And as I mentioned before, she has a new book called Resonate, and you can go to mindahearts.com and purchase that. Uh, one thing that I've learned, um, I have a book coming out in April 2019, and over the last couple of years, I've been more intentional about buying books by women, but specifically women of color, because I know how hard it is for us to get book deals and signal to the powers that be that our writing matters and that they're 
is a demographic for it. And so I want you to go and purchase Alex's book, buy it for a friend, buy it as a Christmas gift, (laughs) a birthday present. You know, the more that we do that, the more we help another secure their seat. That provides opportunities for us as well. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode for the culture. Alex, welcome to Secure the Seat. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I'm ready to jump into our combo. But before we get started, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you? Um, okay. My name is Alex Wolf. I am an author and an artist with a business background. Um, I care a lot about technology, social technology, human nature, and um, art. I love it. (laughs) I love it. You know, I I have to tell this short little story. Uh, I reached out when I first started my company, The Memo, I reached out to Alex and uh, it was a big ask and she humored me and she she came and spoke at at one of our first events. And uh, it is one of those moments in, in my time where a lot of people, when you don't have a huge following and you're just starting out. There's not a lot of people who will give you a shot. And Alex, um, I will never forget that moment. So I just want to let you know how much that meant to me. Aww. And so I appreciate you for being just available. Uh, and so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I remember that. It was a blast. I had a great time. Yeah, no. <laughs> people still talk about that. Well, uh, so just to let you know, you made an impact that day. But our episode today is called For the Culture. And I want to ask you some questions. We'll get into your new book and and just get into the nitty gritty. And the show is called Secure the Seat. And I'm real intentional about giving other women of color the tools and the resources they need to secure their seat, rather it's creating their own table or sitting at someone else's, but having the tools and the resources they need. And one of those things we need is social capital. So What is your definition of social capital and do you think we need it to be successful in today's landscape? Um, I think for the most part, yes, especially if you're a creative or you're an entrepreneur or anyone who wants to have their opinion matter in today's culture and environment. Um, To me, social capital, I think, boils down to do people care or seek out to hear your opinion about the way things are going or the way things are. I um, tweeted the other day that a personal brand is like, um, is like one of, one of the office characters. You watch that show? The thing about that show is that the characters only get more funny the more you watch it. Like you have to get to know how each character sort of like the, the, the character dynamic to really understand the show. Cause if you just hop into an office show and you have no idea how things work, it's not going to be as funny. But it gets, you, you get what I mean? And so okay. when it comes to like, yeah, when it comes to social capital and when it comes to like personally branding, you know, what you have to say, it should have that same kind of um, accumulating interest so that each time you say something, people sort of know where your position is in the scheme of like culture itself or, you know, the art world, if you're in the art world or the entrepreneur world, if you're in the entrepreneur world. So that's how I would, you know, generalize how I see social capital. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense because it's almost like Seinfeld too. Like if you just start like watching a couple right. uh, minutes, you'd be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but yeah. if you keep with it, it, you know, you have to stick with it to understand the whole thing. So I'm glad you use the office exactly. as an example. Um, um, 
you're a new author and your book is Resonate. You talk about how humans spread information and the ancient algorithm being our mouth. For a generation like ours, captivated by the double clicks and the scrolling, can you break down that concept for us? Yeah, so basically one of the main things I wanted to get across in this book is that I don't want people to freak out about algorithms. I don't want people to freak out about marketing tips and what time to post and all those technical details about social media marketing that I think um, impair our ability to connect with other people. And so when I talk about the ancient algorithm being the mouth, it's obviously um, a reference to word of mouth marketing and how that is the foundation to every success story when it comes to business or art, you know, because again, those are the two worlds that really matter to me. And it's really about, I talk about it in the book where if you can create a literal physiological response, like an involuntary physiological response. So I'm talking about laughter, chills, tears, anything that really moves you inside of your body, any type of information or, you know, artwork that will make you do that will trigger the need to do the three things that make an audience really form and spread. So the first thing you do is you, you try to save that information. Like I'm sure if you see something really cool on Instagram, the first thing you do is you screenshot it or you put it in your save file, right? Because now that thing has significance to you. And then uh, the second thing is you try to look for more of it. So we've all done this where we found something cool, say on Instagram, and then we screenshot it. And then we try to find like, where's the source of this information? How much more of there is it, right? And that's a great um, that's a great turn of momentum because so much of our, the job of people who are trying to build a following, they're trying to convince people and they're trying to like force their work onto people. And when you resonate, what it does is it really makes people want to seek and search for your thing. So if someone feels compelled to look for more, that's a great type of what I call real engagement right, where people want to do it out of their own time and their own, and, you know, in the privacy of their own homes. And then the third part, which is probably the most important, is that people share it. So, and this can happen literally in three seconds, and we've all done it. There's a funny meme, we screenshot it, we follow the account, and then we send the, the meme to our friends, right? That's like an instantaneous um, reaction to, to, to how the resonating, like, principle works. And this can work with funny content, it can work with emotional content, it can work with um, informational content. But the point is that it doesn't matter how aggressive an algorithm is or what social media you're on, because it's not based on that current of attention. It's only based on the human to human interaction and the relationships people have already built outside of those. Oh, that's so good. And everything you said was like on point. And I, and the book is so, it's very apropos that you call it resonate. And so everybody, make sure you go out and get that book in the show notes. I will have all of Alex's information uh, for you to get that. So support it and learn how you can resonate with your audience and just people, everyday people on the streets as well. Um, something that you said though, Alex, it kind of boils down to, would you say emotional attachment? We, we attach our emotional connection. Okay, yes. right. Absolutely. And I know in your book, you write about four pillars, honesty, vulnerability, accuracy, and passion. Which pillar do you tend to lean on most and why? Um, I've been told I'm a very passionate person. I, I, I don't think I lean on it necessarily. I think it's just a makeup of personality, right? I think some people are better at 
being really articulate and so maybe they're they fall more into the accuracy pillar or some people are really blunt and you know obviously they fall into the honesty pillar um i do believe you need a combination of all to really create some type of resonating piece of work but i guess i'm a passionate person um i'm one of those people where i like i need meaning i need meaning in my life 24 7. um even when like life sucks like i try to give meaning to that and because it's just like, I, I really, I say this all the time, I, I focus on my mortality every day. And I think about how this whole experience is temporary. So how can I as a human being, you know, make this one of the best experiences ever. And I think I really rely on my passion for that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's interesting that you think about that every day. I think that's a, a good way. I was just reading something on um, a mentor of mine, Tiffany Defoe's Twitter page. And she was saying that you know, today she, someone said to her, you know, if today was your last day to live on this earth, how would you go about your day? And it, it made me think about what you said, just the things that we do and the decisions that we make, living it like it's our, it's our last. Right. And sometimes I think that's a great strategy. And I think sometimes that can be the, the other way you can look at it too, is like just knowing that one day you will inevitably die. It may not be, today might not be your last day, but the point is that one day will be. And that's the only known we really have. Everything else is pretty much up in the air. That's the only thing that we can really depend on knowing to happen. So given that absolute variable, how can we configure the rest of the variables in our life? Because I think a lot of us walk around really not thinking about the fact that there will be a day, you know, where that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm much older than you, Alex, so I think about it a little more often. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but, you know, doing the best that we can while we're here. And while, you know, one of the pieces of your life, you built a wildly successful platform called Boss Babe. And for those who may not know that, which I'm sure they do, um, you became an influencer. And now we live in a society where many women want to be influencers um, in some way, shape or form and have their seat at the table how important is branding as you build a platform and become an influencer? Well, okay, so we're talking about personal branding, right? Because there's faceless and then there's personal. Yes. Okay. So if how you want to is... into both or you want to just take which one you think is most important right now, your call. All right. Well, I can already hear like the, the people who don't want to do the personal branding wanting to know the answer to this question too. So I will say <laughs> one of the common one of the common denominators of all brands is that they need personality. So even if it's not your face on the front of every picture or whatever, whatever the tone of the combination of the images, the verbiage you use, um, the, the philosophies you stand by, all of those need to create a cohesive personality that people can feel attached to. So like, you know, Glossier does a great job of this, the skincare um, brand that, you know, has kind of blown up in the past few years. Any sort of, any brand that doesn't have a face, if, it, if it's going to stand out in 2018 and beyond, it definitely needs to have some sort of philosophical root and um, value. And of course, like I said, that goes across the board, but that's where a lot of people get confused as far as like, you know, well, which one should I do? The point is both of them are going to have to have a say in the culture. And, um, do I think it's important to have a personal brand? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say unfortunately is because I think a lot of people are getting very confused about what that means they'll have to do. I, I kind of make a joke about in, you know, in the book and when I do talks of how people think a personal brand means you got to hire 
a professional photographer and take pictures like that look like you've never had a bad day in your life and you know you have to like pick three colors and then you're done and um you know I think I think many people have been there and we've all been there I've been there but that's not really what a personal brand is a personal brand is really just a synonym for personality again and um, I talk about how the primary reality we're living in is now virtual reality, meaning how we engage and interact with each other online. So it's about the way you show up on there is going to distinguish how much, how, how people associate you and the personality that you have. And so that's why, you know, beautiful pictures and colors, they can enhance that experience, but you can't rely on that alone for people to really understand who you are and what you stand for and what you care about. That has to be done by actually, you know, voicing those things and illustrating those things out to your to your audience and to the ether. Yeah, wow. I'm glad you touched on both because I even think about when I started um, the memo. I did not. I bucked against ha being the face of the brand. <laughs> like I did not want to do right. that. I just wanted to be very faceless. My co-founder, she didn't want it either. But the more we enter into that space, people want to connect with you. And so you kind of, of have to People have prefer a face. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm glad you did that. And for those people who feel like, no, I don't want to be the face, you know, then you don't want a brand, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People, people talk about it like anyone can do it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be the bearer of, of disappointment, but this is not something everyone can do. It takes, it takes the, the willingness to put yourself out there. And that's something only minority people have. It's not the end of the world. There's other jobs, but you know, yeah. I think that should <laughs> yeah, be said now, because I I rather be honest than than you know convince a bunch of people and to go in the, a direction that's not going to be prosperous for them eventually. Yeah, it's an ugly truth, but it's the it's reality, you know, and it's not for yeah, everybody. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think that it, my whole thing too is that that's why I said unfortunately in the beginning of this question because i don't want to create a system in which that's an ugly truth it should just uh -huh. be a truth because i firmly believe there's enough other things that need to be done um that pay great and that can fulfill people's lives that go beyond personal branding so that's good you know you're i love the way you think because i want to ask you like a hundred more questions but i'm gonna i'm looking at my i was thinking of them i'm like stick to the script minda stick to the script okay <laughs> So, but yes, uh, um, that is true. There are a lot of other jobs. Everybody does not have to have, you know, a million Instagram followers or there are other things to do and how to Please, get. Please, God, get. no. Yes. <laughs> so, um, it's all good. Um, the other thing, I think while we're talking about it, feeling like we have to do it because the next person is doing it, that bandwagon effect. Right. Um, yeah. We see it a lot, definitely in communities of color where you know you feel like you have to do a podcast or create a t-shirt line like you're not doing enough if you're not doing what everybody else is doing do you think as a culture we've lost our ability to be innovative because we're just kind of copying each other or I'd love to hear your thoughts on that I think I think the bandwagon echo chamber thing is a total like uh, normal sort of behavior for humans like humans have been doing this forever like oh what's cool this is cool I'm gonna do it I think you know, the internet has probably made that very clear and, and obvious, but those are, those are normal social patterns. Now, as far as um, the question about is innovation declining, innovation, again, is, is also a very, um, it's, it's only something a small percentage of the population has the guts to do. It's always been that way. And so when I think about like creatives and 
people who feel like they need to start a podcast or whatever sell t-shirts because that's going to make them appear to be more put together. Um, I actually have a lot of theories behind why I think this has gotten to the point that it is. And I am concerned about it because um, I actually just uh, drafted up this, this sort of like mini presentation about how those sets of split second communication, which is images, right? Because images only take a split second to make. Like you just, mm -hmm. you know, you just need to like sit, stand there and smile for one second. And um, since, our, in, since our culture is communicating via images, we are communicating sort of in just with these like really beautiful split second moments of our life. And it totally neglects the hours and days and months of which we are in agony and, and confusion and pain. And so we're sort of like speaking to each other in this cryptic language. And unfortunately it's getting people to spend those hours and those months and those days on creating really cool split second moments. And I think that, there needs to be more dialogue around, well, what are the social consequences to this? What do we lose? And mm -hmm. I, I, my heart breaks at the thought of all the women and men who are, you know, uh, feeding themselves that self-sabotage every day about, oh, I'm not good enough. This, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that because it's all based off of a, of a, uh, an incorrect uh, reference, which is other people's images. You know, those are not even, you know, uh, real, you know, substance for to, to base these this, these life changing decisions with, you know, like starting a business is a life changing decision or branding your certain self, yourself in certain ways is a life changing decision. We're seeing all types of repercussions for how being on the Internet for a long time, you know, this our history is becoming archived. So, mm -hmm. you know, that again, I have a lot to say about all of that. I think that we've. We're as innovative as we've probably always been, which is just a little bit, but it doesn't mean that we can't ask these questions. And it doesn't mean that, you know, being innovative and being and doing things that fulfill you are mutually exclusive. Like they don't have to be related to each other. Like we can still find out solutions that make us feel better than what we're doing now without necessarily having to innovate entirely, but just by being more true to ourselves and saying right. F this, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's uh, my answer. <laughs> I love it. And wherever you do in the presentation, please let me know. I, I definitely want to um, hear more about what your thoughts on this, because I think what we're yeah, I made a video out of it. I'll send you, I'll <laughs> send you the link. Yes, please do. Um, it's critical thinking, you know, like our ability to just right. look at things from different perspectives. Um, okay, yeah. wow. Where can we get your book, Alex? <laughs> and where can people follow it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the book is on Amazon. Just type in Resonate Alex Wolf, and I talk crap all day on Twitter at Alex Wolf Co. And then I'm on Instagram at Alex Wolf. Yeah, I love following. But Alex of course, I always like to say sign up for my email list just in case you know everything blows up. So yeah, and that's yeah. at AlexWolf.co. That's my website. Okay. So awesome, and I'll make sure that all of that info is on the show notes at mindahearts.com. And then before we get out of here, Alex, I am a lover of grits and rap lyrics, and I have two bonus questions for you. Uh, first one is, what is your favorite rap lyric and why? Okay, of all time, we're not gonna, I'll, I'll say like one that really inspired, like I think so much of my success and my ambition, which comes from the song So Ambitious by Jay-Z and Pharrell. And um, hold on, how does it go? He, he says, um, 
I'm different. I can't base what I'm going to be off of what everybody isn't. And it's this whole idea that, you know, he was trying to be a rapper in the 80s when the rap industry was not even developed. And everyone was like, you know, his, he, he played his mixtape to his uncle and his uncle was like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. You're never going to be as cool as L. Cool J. And that was a defining moment in his life. He could have just been like, yeah, you're right. You know, who cares? Like, who even knows what's going to happen to this hip hop thing? That could have been the moment, right? But he decided to live by this philosophy that, you know, I'm different. I can't base what I'm going to be off of what everybody isn't. And it's so true. And it, it proves that there are things that we have never seen that are capable to, of being done. And that just because they haven't been done before, it doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue them. It's scary. It's probably the scariest thing in the world. But when you look at a success story like Jay-Z, you're just like, gee, okay, I'm going to try it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad he didn't listen to his uncle. I'm glad he kept pushing it forward. So great, right? great lyric. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, that's a word for all of us. Um, my last question for you is, my podcast is called Secure the Seat. When I say that to you, what does that mean with you? Mean to you, I'm sorry. Um, I think it means that become a person where your opinion is respected. And, you know, and understand that we are in an opinionated world and there will be people who disagree with you. But if you can honor your own creativity and curiosity enough to develop thoughts and ideas that people really value, then you're is secured in the sense that people trust you and people will trust what you have to, to say and people will take risks on your ideas, which I think you always need as a business person or an artist. I love it. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation, Alex. I try to make these short and sweet, but I could talk to you all day about a hundred more different things. <laughs> Thank you for, for being my guest and make sure that you go out and support Alex's work and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, Alex. Thank you. I know you enjoyed that episode with Alex. Make sure that you go to mindahearts.com in the show notes and you can find how to connect with Alex. She also told you at the end all of her social media handles. So make sure that you follow her and let her know what you think of today's episode as well as myself. You can find me at mindahearts on Twitter, Instagram. I'm My sweet spot is Twitter. And uh, more and more, I'm starting to get into LinkedIn. So you can definitely find me on those verticals. That's the best place to find me. So listen, thank you for joining me for the first episode of season two. Every Wednesday, I'll have a new episode for you. We have a really great guest this year, but I want to leave you with one thing to think about. There's a quote by Audre Lorde. I really enjoy um, all of her books and her writings and Ms. Lorde's thought process. And one of my favorite quotes is, if you've heard me speak, I always use, I'm deliberate and afraid of nothing. That's like my go-to for um, Audre Lorde quotes. But another one that I love is, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I'm afraid. So if you go out there this week and secure your seat or your plotting and planning how to secure it, think about those words. And um, I'll see you next Wednesday. Have a great week.